0: everyone and welcome to already cancelled i am peter that is connor and we are going to talk about star trek the next generation not an episode specifically we normally do this is a special occasion because this is the the episode between the seasons this is where we're going to rank our top five best episodes of season three which we just finished Uh, and then as a bonus we'll also do our worst three episodes at the end as well so uh, look forward to that for the saltiness Uh, this was kind of a notable uh, season and we kind of expected an uptick in quality because just the reputation of, of next gen is that season three is kind of where it gets good properly there's a couple of standout episodes before then but the average quality does go up quite a bit and i think we definitely felt that this season which led to an interesting because obviously this top five is not our personal top five separately we sat down we debated we came together on a sort of unified this is already cancelled top five of the season and there was more debate this time versus previous seasons
1: yeah i think in previous seasons we might have had some back and forth over the specific ordering but there was never really any doubt over no. which five it was going to be whereas this time at least one or two episodes uh got left off that were being you know debated for the, for I, the positions
0: because typically what we'll do is we'll go through the season and we'll just throw out all the names of the things that at least at a glance feel like it could end up in the top five and i think we had like nine or ten this time and then we had to really debate like the fourth and fifth spots and you know basically yeah, the, the, which ones were getting the cut top off three we kind of were like, okay well
1: those three are definitely safe we we may have you know again you know gone through the order a little bit but we
0: kind of knew those
1: were the the three and then we had you know uh, maybe five or six left to choose from to for the for the next two spots
0: yeah so that was more of a debate Um. Alternatively, the worst episode of the season was the 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 thing we agreed on without even having to think about it. We both just said the same thing. Said it's this episode, right? And that was it. Yeah. So, yeah. Without further ado, then we'll we'll get cracking into our top five of season three. Uh, Number five on the list is probably the most contentious one because I really had to fight for this one. Connor wasn't uh, as enthusiastic about this. It,
1: It was it was closer to
0: like on a personal
1: list. It would have been like my seven or eight.
0: Yeah, I, I but I really fought for the offspring. And it's it's not one that I think is necessarily universally praised. It seems to be kind of a divisive episode. Some people aren't as as in love with it. Um I think it's a very charming episode and plays with a lot of fun ideas for the majority of its runtime. But I think once you get to the last like ten minutes where the actual ethical debate really kicks in, uh, combined with one of Picard's best speeches to date, I I for me it just kinda it, it elevated a lot of things and so many data plots tend to be about him trying to become human or trying to understand something in, in humanity. And I kind of like that this flipped it on its head. And it was more about Picard learning a bit of humanity from data. And it was kind of a heartwarming tale by flipping them around a little bit. And it, You know, it's, again, it's any science fiction story about learning to trust a robot usually has this ironic realisation for the human being who didn't trust robots in the first place where they go, Huh... They're actually being a better human right now than I am because I'm refusing to, you know, it's, uh, empathize. It's kind of a staple of the genre. Yeah, um, and it's not that Picard's ever, you know, been anti-data or anti-android or, or whatever, but which it makes this more nuanced. It's not just he hated robots. Now he doesn't. This is he dismissed an idea that data had, and then by the end of the episode, he says, "You know what? No, this is data's child. I'm going to fight for his rights, and I'm not backing down from it."
1: I think it's um. It's more interesting in, 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 in some ways in a, in a present day world and, in, and specifically in the world we're in following the past few months of, of upheaval in the world and the idea that this, this, this was almost like a, an, an element of systemic racism from Picard and that he, he wasn't even thinking about it. It wasn't like actively being shitty. It was just ingrained thinking was like, you know, his first reaction was, was one thing and had to actually learn to be better. Um, and, not, and not because, like, not because he's a terrible person.
0: Yeah, he had, um, he had to try and understand, rethink his position, listen to what has been to- told to him, and uh, ultimately empathize. I mean, that's the, the yeah. big word here. So, uh, yeah. no. Uh, Off- Offspring takes the number five spot. Uh, number four is Sarek, which is, of course, one of the most uh, original series kind of callbacks I suppose we've had, as well been ones here or there, if I watched famously perhaps episode two uh, The Naked Now? The Naked Now. Yes, yeah. yes. I, I, one I, one I d- of our favourites. I doubted myself for a second because I was like Wait, is that, was that the, the original series episode? And if it was then what's the next gen one called? But yeah, it was The Naked Now in season one. Uh, But Sarek of course actually brings the character of Sarek into the into the fold and kind of gives him what at least seems like a, a send-off for the character where it feels like a kind of a goodbye and ha- has some big moments between him and Picard. Picard kind of taking on some of, his, some of his emotion which and it kind of tackles the idea because obviously next gen by its nature unlike the original series does not have a vulcan member on the main cast so therefore we don't necessarily deal with vulcans that much but obviously they're a part of star trek's world so every so often we do get to have an episode that revolves around one and you know this is the second most known vulcan that we we have obviously the first being spock <laughs> yeah and i think that's part of what's so
1: interesting about this episode is it makes it about Sarek. it's not mm. just stand-in proxy for Spock because he was unavailable or anything like that. It's it's no, no. We're actually doing a Sarek story.
0: Yeah, I, I love watching the reactions of the, the crew who had either met, not met him before or, or just familiar with Vulcans enough that when Sarek started acting strange or when he started being emotional, it kind of you know stuck out. You know, the, the, the idea that Picard was kind of fanboying a little bit and wanted to put on a little concert for him and just mm. all, all these little details that make the world feel a bit more alive because Sarek's this revered figure and has this kind of reputation and has this uh, admiration for, from, from the crew. Uh, it just it builds, the, builds the world. Like I, I say, I mean, Patrick Stewart, uh, his performance towards the end of the episode when he's kind of processing all the emotions so Sarek can keep his head in the game is, uh, kinda, is good stuff. It,
1: you know, that's two episodes ago we've talked about Patrick Stewart's performance. You know, it was one of his speeches in, in the previous episode. And I think it really shows how he is this through-line the through the whole show and you know that really does anchor it with his his generally incredible performances
0: yeah uh number three is now this is where we get into like probably the three obvious choices for the three best episodes but the order uh to, to sound like a clickbait uh, article on the internet the Order may surprise you uh no uh not really uh, number three is just these enterprise which is and this is maybe the one that people may expect to be at least a slot higher i i feel like this had a lot of expectations going into it because people had been talking about this one. Uh, we, you know, we both knew the name. Uh, this is, the, of course, the, the alternate world where things have changed and we have Atasha Yar who, ultimately, over the course of the episode, realises that she's not supposed to be there. Also, Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore <laughs> is our love interest in the episode. <laughs> um, uh, I'd and, nearly forgotten about that. Yes. And as you know, he eats pieces of shit for breakfast. Um, so hey you got that reference that means you remember happy gilmore just as well as i do
1: it's it's been a few years uh yeah let, let's be honest but oh, it's been at least yeah. a decade
0: for me yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah me too <laughs> it's been a long time i, I almost the way of watching it because I'm, I'm worried it won't hold up I'm, I'm, it I'm worried... almost certainly won't yeah so yeah i and i think that this is you know a lot of what star Trek plays with It's a lot of the, the fun sci-fi elements that star trek plays with this is one of these concept episodes But the most impressive thing about it, aside from being here's all these alternate versions of characters, here's this harsher version of the Star Trek world, it's that it somehow gave a fitting send-off to a character who had one of the most ungracious send-offs I've ever seen and didn't feel like a shoehorned in cheap, like, episode. It felt like, no, that was actually a really touching little send-off for her that kind of, even the character herself, so almost in a meta level when I had a shit death, I'm going to have a better death. I'm going to get like a hero. Pretty much. And and when we say she had such an ungracious send-off,
1: that's for all of TV, not just statue
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yes, for TV in general. There's very few shows that I feel like the, the top a character death where they're killed by a puddle, a puddle of evil. You're never going to stop doing that, are you? Nope. Uh... But no, uh, no the delightful episode. And I, I do kind of love uh, the the characters with the exception of Gainan a little bit to who, you know, who's the one who senses the changes in the first place yeah. uh, due to her, you know, her species, I guess. Uh, no one remembers anything and it's one of these, it's, it's this weird thing with these episodes. Uh, and I, you know, I talked about the wish from Buffy when we I, were I talking about this episode a lot. Uh, this idea that None of the characters actually remember what went on in these like parallel universe episodes because everything gets you know brought back to normal and very rarely do they actually get to remember what happened. And More often than not, I would say, even though these two examples don't, typically there will be the one character who does. Like It'll be important for one character who did actually live through the experience. But Usually, yeah. But in both those cases, both of the Wish and Isla's Enterprise, both actually function without feeling like anything is lost because the characters don't remember it. it it, it gives character cuz it it's almost like it's a like a thesis on the world and w- why the characters we have are so important like seeing what they're like in a world that's darker and cruller actually makes you appreciate the versions we do have
1: yeah yeah and in a weird way in this particular example it's not really about them uh for most of it you know like mm. ultimately a lot of it boils down to, to to tasha right and it's about her ultimately um turn around that there's, you know, a lot of great things for our characters in there. Like, you know, okay, them having to you know make that leap of faith that the world that that, that they've come from is a better world than this one. Uh, even if things are different and, you know, and maybe some people have died uh, that haven't here. Um, but having to make that decision anyway, there, there are still really strong character beats for sure. Um, but none of them remembering takes away from the fact that it's clearly tasha's story at at the end of it Mm. and and she she would remember um because of the the way the time travel works in in that episode
0: yeah it's actually though the one major difference between that and the wish is that in the wish the the whole point of the episode is okay what if buffy never had her friends and family so the whole point of it is this is how much darker her life would be without those things so and star trek's yesterday's enterprise does have a similar idea in that it creates this event in the past that i don't think we really knew about before you know this battle that kind of convinced the klingons to ultimately side with the the, Inter- mm. or not the enterprise side with the, the federation and kind of you know brought that peace into like real being and obviously i think the one in buffy has more meaning because the actual thing it's talking about is something that we actually always had in the show it was always her meeting everyone else here the actual event that altars is something that's been kind of made up in retrospect it's something that's, that's kind of and it's important don't get me wrong it's actually a really fun bit of uh, mythology building because it's like hey this thing was so important this event was so important and that piece you know we saw the start of it in undiscovered country obviously we hear bits and pieces from you know whenever they're talking to war for you know mm. we'll, we'll hear uh,
1: here's like a, a concrete event
0: yeah uh so it was fun to kind of explore it was fun to learn about this event through this context of here's what happens when it didn't happen or didn't go the way it was supposed to and you know, yeah, so
1: it, it, it feels like it's almost the sort of thing that they don't talk about that much in the in the real world because it it doesn't seem that monumental in in their situation but it's just it's it's uh you know it, it's that that first building block that, yeah. that but they don't realize it at the time.
0: And my, my point there was not to critique either Trek or Buffy. Uh, my point just being is that both, like, they're very similar concepts in terms of episodes, but both pull it off exceptionally well, Just but they have different focuses. Dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they're both exceptional examples of this type of episode, to the point where I'm like, they're probably the two best examples of this type of episode. Uh, you know, even on the shows oh, that have kind of... You know, because Legends of Tomorrow is well, but Legends of Tomorrow... Even at its best it's not as good as Star Trek and the Next Generation at its best or Buffy at its best, right? Legends is a a popcorn it's, show.
1: Yeah, um, in a way it's not trying to be, uh, you know, it's not taking oh, sure, itself but... seriously in the same way. Um so it's 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 it almost feels like you're putting it down by saying it's not as good in that sense, but uh, I think it's equally as good in that it sets out to achieve what it what it aims for. You know, it manages that and I think that's the the case with these two examples here is Mm. You know they they had a specific goal in mind and pulled it off, whereas a lot of these episodes don't. They fall flat in some element or another.
0: Yeah, uh, but aiming what you're aiming for is important because if you aim higher and hit it, then it is technically better. <laughs>
1: uh, sure, sure. I I, I think uh, in, in the sense that there's a difference in aiming and tone that matters.
0: Sure, sure. They they aim high and they, they hit they hit harder. So I don't know where the spare force going. All right, that's number three. Yes, prize Enterprise. Uh, number two is Deja, Q. <laughs> that kind of rhymed. I didn't mean that. Uh, So Q episodes so far. And I, I do... The reputation of, of Next Gen, I know that the Q episodes kind of diminish in quality, where, you know, by the time we get to the later seasons, the Q episodes are... They're okay, but they're not necessarily the greatest thing out anymore. Whereas so far... And, oh, okay, admittedly, Q was in the pilot, and the pilot wasn't that great. But Q's appearances since then have all been pretty good uh they've you, been amongst the best of their respective seasons yeah season one is, is maybe obviously the exception but season two and three's Q episodes are two of the best episodes of both seasons and this one is interesting because it's actually more about Q U- unlike the previous you know because in Q who when he pops up and he introduces the Borg and so he's it, it, he's just the facilitator yeah whereas here it's you know he's made human and he's with, in fact one of my, the famous gifable moments of this entire show Epicard with the looking up from the face palm. yeah has when q calls him his best friend <laughs> it's, you know it's it's a really funny episode it's a really charming episode and actually makes you kind of like q by the end because he does the right thing even though like because i remember talking a lot about the end of the episode there, about there how... was
1: some perhaps questionable motives but ultimately it kind of didn't matter because he still did the right thing
0: well, it was like even once he got he got he got what he wanted. He still did the right thing after as well. He sort of yes. kept true to his words. So it was it was kind of like okay, like we're kind of into him more as a character now, where he is very mischievous, and we've we've compared him to mixi Petalik so many times, but more more than ever after that episode, I'm like he's Mixy, he's Star Trek's Mixy. That's what he yeah. is.
1: and and who doesn't want a, a Mixy on that show?
0: Yeah, uh, and if you have no idea what I'm talking about, mixi Petalik is cue uh, to Superman. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. That's, that's, that's the easiest way I can describe it. Uh, so, no, I mean, I don't have much more to say. I do it's delightful, it was funny. Uh, heartwarming, dare I say, in places. Um, and plus, uh, we got to see... One of the funniest episodes as well, and that helps. Yeah, and I think that was one of the, the strongest strengths of that episode was that it, we got to see almost every main character interact with Q. Um, even I if it was just for was one like, scene.
1: Maybe, like, one who didn't, but... I, I can't remember now, for sure.
0: Because I distinctly remember Crusher giving him, not an enema, but she was kind of like doing something with his back. And it he was, it's, it it's might on have the been thumbnail. like just Wesley that didn't have a scene with him. Well, no one wants to meet Wesley, it's fine. Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, we probably gave it credit for that. So, yeah, there you go. these are cute. And then number one, uh, the obvious choice after, since it's not appeared yet, is the best of both worlds, which marks the first time that the finale has actually been uh, the best episode Maybe even the first time it's been on, because I mean, season two's finale definitely was not on its best. No, best episodes. no it wasn't.
1: I can't remember what season one's finale was. Admittedly,
0: season one's finale was uh, was not bad. That was the one that reinterested Romulans into the the, the game. Oh yeah, okay, uh, that was pretty solid. That I don't know if it was may top five. It might have done. It,
1: it might have done. It, yeah. it could be somewhere on there.
0: I have to go back and check. But uh, best of both worlds, of course, is one of the most famous episodes of the entire show. Uh, we love Q who back in season two which notably i said when we reviewed this you know last episode uh, i said that i still think q who is my favorite episode so it's interesting that season two has my favorite probably my favorite two episodes actually i I think q who and a measure of a man are probably still my two favorite episodes but the the quality of the season overall is much better in season three there's far more oh yeah great episodes and solid episodes compared to those previous seasons um but no this is i think obviously we were expecting the fun stuff of the borg we were expecting picard uh the, the simulation that big shocking i was not expecting the exact details of the cliffhanger, however and i was not expecting this great story that was very effectively teasing that Riker might be taken over and that they might actually just not have picard now we know they're not because we have the hindsight of he's in the rest of the show but it
1: they, no, they honestly, did it really well good. enough that even knowing that I, I understood why, you know, if you're watching this as it aired for the first time, uh, without any knowledge, you know, maybe there's been no, you know, casting calls or announcements about the following season. Yet. Especially without if you're the internet. This.
0: Where, like, because right that, you know, these days on the internet, immediately after this episode would have aired, what would have happened is you'd have a lot of websites going, ah, we contacted about, you know, he's got a five year contract, so this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You so there'd be a lot of that immediately on yeah, the internet. Yeah,
1: but at the time when this aired, I completely believe that you would be questioning, is, is this it? And the fact that it can make me convinced of that feeling, even knowing the truth, is is incredibly effective.
0: I suppose there was always a chance that he would stay on the show, but he'd just be a bark for the rest of the show. He'd be like a villain for the next season, so he'd still be there for the whole thing. Honestly,
1: these days, that would be a completely plausible thing it would to be, do. Yeah. I can think of a couple of shows
0: that have kind of done no. that same sort of trick. And of course, Star—I mean, Star Trek, of course, typically, like, the idea of having the same villain shop in every episode of a season, this this show is ridiculous because, the, like, you know, this is the literally the second time the Borg have appeared, and which is actually part of its strength because they feel like such as this the revered threat by the time they show up because they were teased so sufficiently Q who, and then in this episode it's kind of like oh shit they're actually here they're here earlier than we expected we have to build things up so, uh, I love the 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 intimidation of the Borg that 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 level of threat, uh them trying to duck out and get away from them. All the plot with Riker and fighting with his, you know, possible replacement, uh, all all that arc was really solid. And then on top of that, you've got all the, you know, actual cliffhanger. You know, fire the weapons, dun 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 dun. In fact, yeah. is that is that what that, that, that tune? Because I because even before like long before I saw this show, I I always associated a uh, to be continued with the din dun 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 dun. Right? Is this where that came from? I know what you're getting at with that music sting and
1: you're doing that and I can hear it in that episode and you're quite possibly right. The problem is when I hear someone do that, rather mm-hmm. than, you know, obviously when I hear it in the actual episode, this is different. When I hear someone do what you just did, it sounds like they want to go into the cliffhanger music from the end of EastEnders, the, just the drums. And that that's uh, what it sounds. And it always just sounds like that. that's what they're imitating to me, even though you're probably right.
0: Yeah, I could hear it. I I mean I can tell the difference between those two things. I, I and it's not so much that I'm saying this invented that particular sound, more just the association with the to be continued. The uh, yeah. yeah. Cause, it
1: it quite possibly could have done, because this is far enough back now.
0: Yeah. So I'd I'd be curious. I'd be curious if the if there's examples of two B be continues before this that did the similar thing where they'll have the music playing, but then the last few beats of the music will be den, 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 den. Mm. You know, like, I don't know. I, I, that's maybe, I can't think it, of any previous examples
1: from the top of my head, but
0: who yeah. knows? Yeah, I can think of examples from later, for sure. Like, oh, uh, yeah. uh, you know, it became a thing. It's it, you know, This is what we're talking about. I associate it with the to be continued. Obviously, they kind of done, done away with it because now everything's just so serialized that you don't get to be continued. You don't get two parts in that way anymore so rarely yeah yeah i mean hell there's literally tv shows that could just end every episode with to be continued if they wanted to because technically it's true but
1: but, i think uh, one of those shows should have the balls to do that (laughs) just pop a to
0: be continued card at the end of every episode before you go into your credits and at the end of every season finale instead of putting to be continued put finn but then with a question mark
1: Uh, oh because it's not been renewed uh, yet (laughs) until you know it's your final season and and then you can do the dot
0: yes there you go. Uh, so there you go. That's a that's our top five. Top five of season three. It was a, It was you know. It was actually a tougher discussion because there were so many possible episodes. There was at least another three or four that we thought could be on that top five, and we kind of debated yeah. out. Uh, at least for the think, f- fourth and fifth slots, especially.
1: I think though for our top three, we were pretty predictable. I think more predictable than we've been in past seasons, even.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. I feel like there's some people like you know maybe the controversy would be that some people would put *Suzette* yes, prize at number one. Like I think some people would put that up there. Um, I but... think yeah, uh, if you go back and watch our reviews
1: as we were going through them, I I think that holds up in our current placing because I don't think we were mm. quite as in love with it as as maybe the the you know the hype around it was. Uh, yeah. I think we were definitely more positive about the other two that we had above it.
0: Yeah. Alright, so uh that does leave us though with uh the worst three episodes of the season. So yes, number three of the worst three episodes is Menage à Troy. Now don't get me wrong, we did get another big gift moment with uh Picard when he's doing his sonnet at the end, and that was a good scene. Unfortunately, almost everything before that scene was kinda dull and boring and <laughs> Yeah. Did, did not live up to the comedy episode from season two that also featured Troy's mother. I
1: I think that's what hurts it more, is that we, we've had such a good example of what this should be. So expectations were higher, mm-hmm. and then you got this, and it was like, well, that was very bland.
0: Yeah, that's not really a whole lot more to add to it. Is that The biggest fault they have is that they, they kept Troy and Troy's mother away from Picard, it's notable that when it perks up at the end it's because he has to interact with her again that that's where yeah. the comedy really comes from um a lot of the episode is raker with the two ladies being kidnapped and him trying to figure his way out and there's so many scenes in that that episode of raker just at a computer screen you know tapping away because he's trying to hack or something and it's like this doesn't mean anything there's nothing entertaining about this uh it's so.
1: ju- it's just it's it's possibly the most boring episode of the season.
0: Nah, I still got that to number one. <laughs> I don't know. At least that's, like, actively mm, terrible. Mm. Uh, number two on the worst episodes of the the season is The High Ground. This is the episode where Crusher gets kidnapped by a very loose parable for the IRA. <laughs> it's, basically, yes. it's basically what i describe it. Um, this one is just this is not like laughably goofy or bad as maybe the, the one in three slots it's kind of in this weird awkward place where it's not necessarily bad in its intentions but ultimately everything about it is so muddy and what it's actually trying to say uh the villain and his kind of weird admiration for crusher comes off as kind of a weird sort of almost love interest kind of feel that it just feels off it feels like it's not quite right yeah uh,
1: and it's just pretty clunky in what it's doing like like you say the the intent behind it isn't necessarily bad it's just so heavy-handed that it's frustrating because you're just like yes yes i get it and it stops becoming an enjoyable episode if it ever could have been one and just becomes the message and generally, you know, we're all for having a good message in your sci-fi i mean we i mean multiple episodes in the top five had a good message in there mm-hmm. um but it's it's about having the message be enhanced by the story and not just being. Here's the story in costumes, uh, you know. Just, just the story of the history of the message. You gotta have.
0: You gotta. It's still gonna be enjoyable. Yeah. Uh. Oh, I don't really have anything else to add on that one. To be honest. And uh, number one, our worst episode of season three. There was no doubt in our minds. We both yep. said the same thing the second we sat down to agree on this, and that is Captain's Holiday, the episode where Picard goes on vacation. And gets entangled in a noir slash Indiana Jones style... Slash James Bond. Slash James Bond style for a MacGuffin, uh, where so much of it is just talking about a MacGuffin that doesn't feel that important or is ever really kind of explored that much. The most interesting part with those aliens from the future who are like wanting to uh, you know, interfere with everything... Is all, all, just undercooked and just just feels Goes all, nowhere. It feels like yeah, it feels like an afterthought by the end. Um, the, the the best part of the episode is
1: Picard trying to relax and being annoyed by everyone. Yes, and it, that's uh,
0: what it should have just
1: been for forty minutes.
0: Yeah, if if it had been forty five minutes of him getting annoyed because he was trying to relax and people kept interrupting him, that'd have been great. Uh, I think when we reviewed this, the exact way I put it is that it's actually kind of a fun episode until the plot kicks in about ten minutes in, and then from then on it's just really dull and bad and it's
1: it's i think this is why i say it's the other one is more boring this is actively terrible and makes me annoyed to think about it yeah. whereas the other one i'm just like yeah that was that was very very forgettable
0: and the vast majority of the runtime is relying on picard's chemistry with a sort of femme fatale style love interest which just never really rings all that true. And it's not that I, I can't buy Picard in a, in a romance plot. Honestly, I think whenever they sort of tease a bit of sexual tension between him and uh, Crusher, it works well enough, uh, I think. But
1: this type of character feels like it would have played better off Riker.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, so, you know, there's a couple of uh, good jokes in the first, like, five to ten minutes when they're setting stuff up. But once the plot actually kicks in, it completely crashes and burns and never recovers for me. So mm. that is uh, number one. That is Captain's Holiday, the worst episode of season three. Uh, although, notably, it's better than Shades of Grey. So, I mean...
1: <laughs> I mean, it's a low bar, but yeah. y- you're technically true.
0: Yes, the low bar is higher than it was last season. So uh, although... the high bar isn't. Yes, that's true. Well, notably, though, I-, I think it is worth mentioning, though, that the three episodes on the worst of list are... Three of the only poor episodes of the season, though, like, you know, there was a lot of solid episodes that were, like, not consideration for the top five, but were yeah, enjoyable a lot of episodes and... that were, like, oh, this is all right. And and nowhere near, you know, oh, this is, you know, going in the ship. Well, so. I, I would go beyond that. I would say good. I feel like all right implies that they're just, you know, kind of okay, right? Whereas I feel it like was a lot of episodes that weren't in consideration for that top five that I would still describe as good. And that. Mm are worth watching so yeah that's fair enough so yeah season three uh step up that is uh our top five uh, episodes of the season and our worst three episodes of the season uh, of course let us know what your picks are in the comments obviously we'll be back next week with the beginning of season four uh, and seeing what's on the other end of that cliffhanger but uh of course like and subscribe like is really important on youtube it lets youtube know that you think we're worth recommending out and we can find more audience members more people like you uh, so please do that uh, if you can of course support us on patreon.com slash mailfuzz TV for as little as one dollar per month and get some bonuses for your trouble helps keep all the content coming so please have a look and consider it if you wish um, otherwise guys on twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates but that just about does it from us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching Star Trek guys and when it comes to the ladies Wesley Crusher he's well he really crashes and burns let's be honest he's like Captain Picard On holiday, obviously.